The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Jer Gilroy is with me uh, from Off the Ball Tires. So, Jer, FAI Cup final this weekend, Dublin Derby. Uh, so, it could well be a sellout. It's uh, over 40,000 tickets sold wow. already, and the trend is in such a direction that there's a possibility with a surge and a walk up crowd on the day. Mm. Has that happened relative in recent years? No, no. Ever? Uh, uh, not in the stadium this big. Um, I, certainly not in, in since they've moved to yeah. Lansdowne Road. I think in the olden days at uh, Daily Mint, there was a 40,000, there is a, a, a figure of 42, 44,000, I think um, that's the record crowd that they think will be broken. But there's now whispers that the trend is such that it's going to end up being a sellout. And it's an incredible story. You know, it's Bohemians against St. Pat's and they're both largely full uh, week in, week out and obviously much smaller grounds in Daly Mountain and Inch Core. Uh, and it would, you would assume this is the best week that mm. Irish football has had in a long time. Damien Duff, the other night, it looked like he was on the verge of leaving the club. The club changed hands. The Turkish owners handed back ownership of Shelburne and you're like, well, this is an incredible story. And then it's followed up by this and Evan Ferguson signs his new deal today. It's all coming up rosy. So Evan Ferguson's new deal, tell me about that. So no figures have been released except that they have said that he's staying until 2029. When he would be 20... 24, that's... Oh, 25, so that's summer. He's so young. He's literally just turned 19 and if you were to be conservative and say this deal is worth 60 grand a week, 60 times 52 times 5 years, works out at about 15 million. Just you just worked that out there, yeah. Oh, what a, you're a savant. I got May and Matt, <laughs> uh, but so that's about fifty million quid value signed. Obviously, they've been negotiating this for a long period of time. It's an incredible achievement for him. It's an incredible thing for his family, and it's a, a level of guaranteed success and income that he totally deserves for the talent that he has. And uh, you can't but be happy for him. He's just such a good lad. Uh, let's take a little listen to how excited they are for him uh, across the pond. There's a lot of England fans who would love to see you pull on the, the white shirt. Is, is that ever going to happen? Was that ever going to happen? No, no, no. I don't think that would... That's never going to happen, no. That's not a question. And, and what's the reason that you're so committed to Ireland? This is, I'm Irish. No, there's nothing else to say. I've been asked that question a few times, but no. I'm Irish. Never not at it. Never not at it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I... We, we, they, we do. Tennis. I mean, sorry. I, like, it's actually. I, he's ended tonight. It's a legitimate question. I mean, we did have two players uh, in the not too distant past who were eligible to play for us. In fact, one of them did play for us, <laughs> and then went on to play for England. So, if I was English, maybe I would think, you know, we could possibly poach this other guy too. We we have a track record of being able to steal other people's stuff and <laughs> uh, and take it forever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look, I I see there's a massive reaction to this. Um, anytime anybody ever foreign comes over here, we're like digging deep into the genealogy to try and claim them as one of our own. It's obviously different when you're the colonial superpower who has got the track yeah. records, as uh, I think Willow Callan put it. But we're punching up. They're punching down. Ah, that's great. It is absolutely great uh, that we find ourselves in that situation. Will the growth 
of the League of Ireland. So, uh, producer Patter tells me only 10,000 people were at the final in the RDS in 2008. 41,238 is the record in 1945. They're going to break that. Um, so, they're going to break that. Uh, so, record breaking year. And I think the kind of growth in numbers is kind of huge over we the last, about it last few week, years. Yeah. We talked about it last week. And I know I kind of expressed my agnosticism because that's more just about the sport in general. If it's um, not Kilkenny hurling, you don't care, or prawn sandwiches. Either way, they're your two loves. They are my two loves, Jerome. I try to combine them as much as I can. Um, but, will, like, I mean, will it translate to a better national team? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, one of the foundational texts of all the countries who have made improvements in recent years is investment in underage structures and a domestic national uh, league where your players are playing at a, as high a level as possible. So if, if our teams were regularly qualifying for the group stages of the European Conference League, we might get a team into the Europa League that's a rolling ball of momentum where the, the value of those players increases. You can invest more money in your underage structures. You get more coaches. The number of full-time coaches we have in the academies in Ireland is fewer than they have at a Premier League club in England mm. for the whole country. And so until we fix that, uh, that balance, we're never going to be able to become a full-time industry, which could actually create loads and loads of employment. Like if, okay. say for example, we injected the money that we inject into horse racing, into football, we could create loads of jobs. But... There's obviously a different, uh, an imbalance in the power of the lobby. Um, can I ask then before you go about the FAI? So a vote happened last night. I kind of one headline that I read was about kind of non-executive directors and uh, uh, the makeup of uh, boards, and it kind of it it in a, in and of itself boards the backside off me. And then the next headline said hey, FAI in risk of being defunded. Yeah. So so what is actually happening? The the government in their commitment to trying to improve female representation in Irish sport, decreed that if you want funding, you're going to have to have a minimum number of females at board level. Mm. So the IRFU and the GA and the FAI, the, the major ones who have funding at risk if they don't actually hit the uh, required number of female board members. And uh, the FAI, obviously, as part of their bailout when Shane Ross bailed them out all those years with our money, mm. uh, committed to having a certain number of non-executive directors who are non-football people yes. and non-executive directors who are football people. And there's a power struggle going on at the moment. And so instead of just voting this through, the football people are like, we want control because it's a football organisation. And the non-executive directors are like, well, the government are actually going to, as, as part of the funding, they want a, a split. So there's two separate things going on here. One reading of it, which we'll get into a bit more later on, on off the ball, is that this is a protest vote and that the turkeys haven't quite voted for Christmas. They're just warning everybody that if you don't sort us out, if you don't make a deal with us, then we will vote for Christmas and uh, everybody will be headed. All right. Uh, listen, as Ger says, uh, much more discussion, in-depth discussion on Off the Ball tonight from 7 o'clock. As always, Dirk Gilroy, thank you very much. Uh, stay with us. Lots still to come here on The Hard Shoulder. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.